Good afternoon. Welcome to Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards. And I see that this is uh, kind of crazy. That's what happens when you have these type that uh, you just clip on. It's like a clip-on tie, I guess you could say. But it looks better than the, the ones where you just stick it in there like that anyway. <laughs> Welcome. Sorry, it's good to have you here in the 3rd of November, Thursday, November 3rd. And in Erie, Pennsylvania, believe it or not, it is a beautiful day. It's 69 degrees outside. The sun is shining. It's supposed to be a good uh, next couple days in Erie, which is very unusual for November. So I'm quite happy that this is happening. But um, to sin to be inside, I told someone today, and they go, Oh, Father, you think that's true? <laughs> I was kidding. You know, people have to watch what I say. I don't know if anyone's figured this out yet, but I have some sarcasm. You know, when I was in... Uh, in Ireland, years ago, I was preaching at uh, Glamucknoise, which is for all the high school, college kids throughout the country. And I asked them, I says, do you, do you guys understand sarcasm? And they says, oh, Father, we are the ones that invented it. <laughs> and I go, oh, maybe that's what happened. Anyway, so welcome. First thing we got to do is pray. Now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for holding us and loving us. We thank you for giving us a beautiful day here in Erie. And no matter where we are, we're listening or watching this right now, whatever the day was, we just thank you for the day. Good, bad, or indifferent. You are God. You know what is best. Send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may speak your word and only your word. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. Now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Is anybody on there? I don't see uh, 42 watching started to, oh, there you go. Julia, good job. I was wondering if anybody had the first comment. It's warmer and eerie than it is in San Diego today. <laughs> Well, there it happens every once in a while, so I'm glad it's warmer up here. Not that, but you always get nice, sunshiny days down there, most of the time. Today is also the feast of uh, St. Martin de Porras, and I've always had, uh, my grandmother had great devotion to St. Martin de Porras, so he's always had a special place in my uh, life. Um, in fact, when we built the Adoration Chapel, he is one of the saints in the window, primarily because he loved dogs. In fact, one of the miracles he said to have uh, done was raise a dog from the dead. So isn't that something, how he could uh, do that kind of stuff? So we're quite uh, happy to celebrate him. We ask for his intercession today at, during our podcast. Well, again, what I want to do is do the first half of the podcast teaching material then the second half for questions. So again, that's where it's important you could ask about questions, but what I'm going to be talking about or any other kind of question, we'll get to it about 3.30 or so, depending on how excited I get about uh, this teaching. I was thinking about what to talk about, and I wanted to talk about purgatory because November is the time where we spend time praying for the dead. 
And again, with all the uh, deaths in my family, not just my family, this year in my parish, it has been a lot of uh, very active, young, good people. The Lord has taken to himself. And um, it's just, you know, so you focus a lot on that reality. So I thought, let's talk about what happens, like what happened. You know, I was going to focus on the uh, four last things, you know, a death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Um, but to focus on the four last things, it becomes one of these uh, trite uh, things that we talk about, and then people go um, and say, oh, we have to talk, to talk about that. The four last things, of course, so, is we got to die. And just for the, the thing of dying, as I've always talked about, you know, who's the one most blessed? The one who dies at two or the one that dies at 92? It's the one who dies at two. Huh? Because if heaven is everything we say it is, if heaven is everything we say it is, where we get to be with the Lord forever, then when we get to be with him, it's better. Like if you were inside your mother, uh, what's better if you stayed in there uh, 10 years or nine months? Outside is better than inside. And that's the biggest thing we got to remember is the analogy that we are in the womb of God, if you will. It doesn't make God a woman, and it's an analogy. That when you were inside your mother, if you ever think about that, I encourage you to do that. Think about you were alive for nine months inside another human being. When she went to the bathroom, yep, you were there. And in there, none of us remember it, of course, but we know that it was dark. We know that we didn't breathe with our lungs. We had uh, embryonic fluid inside our lungs and all around us. I'm guessing that however that works. We, uh, everything we had come from our mother, but we couldn't see our mother. Our life came from her. Our sustenance came from her. Everything that we are came from our mother, but we couldn't see her until we were born. We are in the womb of God. We can feel God. We can experience God. Everything we have comes from God. But we can't see God until we're born to eternal life. That's why, again, the saint's feast day is the day they died because that was the day they were born. And so when you get this image in your head, you'll become less afraid of dying. See, when we talk about purgatory and that, that's when people get so afraid. And it's the exact opposite. You don't have to be afraid of purgatory at all. It's the place of purgation. It's the place of purification so you can become more and more loving so you can enter the kingdom. It's not one of these things, you know, we call them the poor souls, and they are because they're suffering, but they're going to see God soon. Huh? But you do realize you do not have to go to purgatory, right? Like uh, when I anointed somebody, I anointed her three times this past week, or when I anointed my mother, I anointed her seven times. Um, there is, at the end of your life, if you, it's why it's always good to pray for a happy death. We always go to St. Joseph and ask him to pray for us for a happy death. What is a happy death? That we get the sacraments of the church uh, before we die. And not only uh, with the anointing of the sick, you know, there's the anointing of the sick, which we give people to get them better. And then there's the anointing of the sick when they're getting ready to die. And so when a person's getting ready to die, like my friend in the parish, only 58 years old, uh, 
died of COVID complications this past week. Um, fantastic, fantastic woman. And so I whispered at her as I was anointing her. I said, you get to see Jesus before me. I can't believe it. And the times I've been at people when they're dying, I'm saying, get excited. You're going to see Jesus very soon. And I can assure them that because I give them absolution. They repent of their sins. I give them absolution. And some people would say, well, that's not enough, Father. Trust me. I'm a priest. I know this stuff. I have two degrees in theology. Well, one and the other is liturgy. And I never finished it, come to think of it. But anyway, the... Um, all these years in seminary, I got to at least know what I'm talking about a little bit, that at the moment of death, the church gives a plenary indulgence and we uh, remits all the sins and all the penalty of sin. Huh? And we'll talk about this with purgatory in a bit, about indulgences and the good and what they're about and all that stuff. But a plenary indulgence is full remission of all confessed sin. So if... I give a person absolution, and then I give them a plenary indulgence, which the church does at the moment of death, then they can go right to heaven. They don't have to go to purgatory. Some people sit there and start saying, oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get to purgatory, Father. Ah, I try to get to heaven, because if you miss heaven, you got purgatory. If you miss purgatory, ah, it's hell. <laughs> so you don't want to try for purgatory. You want to try for heaven. Not even try. God wants you in heaven. That's the way uh, my surrender book starts. If you've never read the surrender book, I encourage you to get it. You can get it at our website. But it's the whole thing about how to discern. But the opening line of the book is God wants you in heaven. You were created by God to be with him in heaven. God doesn't hate you. He doesn't, uh, you know, like, oh, I'll have to put up with this person forever. He wants you in heaven. You were created by him by, in love to be with him forever. That is God's will. That is God's desire. So again, when we're seeking God's will, when our will and God's will become one and we become saints, his will is that we go to heaven. So is that your will? Well, then strive for that. Don't strive for purgatory. Huh? So again, the moment we die, we die. We come into the presence of God, a particular judgment. A particular judgment, God sends us to heaven, to hell, or purgatory. Huh? And so as an aside, the last judgment in Matthew 25 is at the end of the world and everybody gets judged and you get your body back and the body goes to either hell uh, with you or you go, it gets transformed and goes to heaven. But for those who are on the way to heaven, they go, the church is teaching, is purgatory. Now, the teaching of the church on purgatory is very simple. It, to summarize it, it, just two things, and I'm going to show you in the catechism, it expands this more. But one, heaven, I mean purgatory exists. Two, it's a good and holy thing to pray for the dead. That's it. You know, the whole catechism of the Catholic Church, you see this book, Catechism, I have it up there too, Catechism. This is all the teaching of the church. Now, of all the teaching of the church, purgatory is just two paragraphs of the whole teaching of the church. 
And yet some people, this is their life. That's all they think about is the poor souls. And I say, get the souls that are still living, the poor souls, you don't have to worry about them. They're going to heaven. Our prayers will help them get there. But as Pope Benedict talked about, it can be an instant purgatory. Huh? And the way I've always explained purgatory is that God is love. And because God is love, when we die and we're in the state of grace, we still have selfishness in us. There's still, I often just sit there and in my uh, examination of conscience and my prayer before God, it's just, I am selfish. I'm just so selfish sometimes. And I just, I think about it like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Now I do it. But there's that desire in me that just doesn't want to. And I just like, ah, oh, I don't want to be bothered. I mean, isn't that horrible? So, that has to be purified because heaven is the place of pure love. Where we become like God, who is love. We become part of the community of love, the Trinity, forever. So anything in us that's still filled with selfishness, still filled with self, has to be purified. So this God of love, when we die, and we are purified, we're being purified, we're in a state of grace, but there's still stuff in us that need to be purified. God embraces us. And as he embraces us, this fire of his love purifies us. And so it's that burning, but the burning of hope. It's not the burning of despair in hell. It's the burning of hope that here this God of love is purifying me to enter the kingdom. Now, teaching is also, you can get your purgatory done on earth. huh? It can happen through your suffering and not offering up these things. But either way, it's, a, it's not anything to keep you focused on yourself. It's to keep you focused on the Father who embraces you and wants you to be like him, wants me to be like him. Love, huh? And there's so much in me that's not loving that it's going to take me longer in purgatory if I have to go there. Why? Because just like if you go and you jump into a mud puddle, you do it once, you get some mud on you, okay, it won't take too long to take a bath. But if you jump in it again and again and again and again and again, the mud starts to pack up on you and you get more and more. It's going to take longer to take a bath. So it is with our own selfishness and sin that the more we enter into it, the more sin we have, the longer it takes to purify. Now, we talk about all this, of course, in, uh, in time, and yet God, and when you die, you're no longer in time. So it's just a way that we explain things. We can never explain it because we haven't been there. And you can talk about the saints who had uh, visions of people in purgatory, still not the official teaching of the church. They've written books and 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 books on purgatory, still not the official teaching of the church. The official teaching of the church is in the catechism, and it is uh, uh, paragraph 1030131 and 1032 so it's three paragraphs i was incorrect so in 1030 paragraph 1030 it says all who die in god's grace and friendship but still imperfectly purified are indeed assured assured of the their eternal salvation 
But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter into the joy of heaven. Now, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins, right? So if you come to me, the way, again, another analogy, if you come to me and you break the windows of my car and you say you're sorry, I will forgive you for breaking all the windows of my car. But guess what? You're going to have to pay to get the windows fixed. But you don't have to go to jail. You're not, no punishment. You just have to bring healing to that which you hurt. If you broke one window, you got to fix one window. You broke two windows, two. If you broke four, it's four. If you broke the front and back and all sides, it's six. You got to repay all of them. Huh? And so Jesus Christ, uh, when he died on the cross, forgave us our sins. But we still need purified. Again, another analogy, if you steal uh, $1,000 from somebody, you just can't go and say, I'm sorry, and go to confession. What do you have to do to be forgiven? Restitution. You got to give the $1,000 back. If you can't give it to the person because they died or whatever, you have to give it to the poor. You don't have to give it back at all one time. But restitution's necessary. We got to bring healing back. So it's still the God of love who pays for our sins. We couldn't even get to purgatory without Jesus dying on the cross. We are saved by his grace. We are purified by his grace. Nothing that we do. It's all God. All we do is fill ourselves with sin. But God, what he does is purify us by his love. So if you look at Purgatory is the place where love purifies us as he draws us closer to himself. You don't have to be afraid. You can be excited. And see, God didn't create us to live in fear. And yet, so many people live in fear. And again, how many times have I talked about when Jesus said, fear is useless, fear is useless, fear is useless, fear is useless. What is needed is trust. So the same thing, what is needed is trust. So God wants us. We are assured of eternal salvation. So if you're in purgatory, you're going to heaven. Get excited. 1031. The church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. Okay. The church formulated her doctrine of faith, purgatory, especially at the councils of Florence and Trent. The tradition of the church, by reference to certain texts of Scripture, and that would be 2 Maccabees 12.46, speaks of a cleansing fire. As for certain lesser faults, we must believe that before the final judgment, there is a purifying fire. He who is truth says that whoever utters blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will be pardoned, neither in this age nor the age to come. From this sentence, we understand that certain offenses can be forgiven in this age, but certain offenses in the age to come. And that is St. Gregory the Great who said that. And then the final paragraph here, this teaching is also based on the practice of prayer for the dead, the second part. One, it exists, and two, it's a good and holy thing to pray for the dead, already mentioned in sacred scripture. Therefore, Judas Maccabees, made atonement for the dead that they might be delivered from their sin. And again, this is in Maccabees chapter 12, verse 46. Now, again, if you're ever going to talk to our Protestant brothers and sisters about this, that's not part of the books they have. They don't have Maccabees. Uh, We have more books than they have in the uh, Old Testament because I've talked about it before because... um, 
Jesus had these. It wasn't the seven books that were thrown out had to do with life after death, Maccabees being one, because the Sadducees were in charge after the destruction of the temple. And again, ultra, ultra, ultra condensed version, what I just talked to you about, you know, simplified, simplified. But here, if we go to Maccabees and it's second Maccabees, so this is called the proof text, if you will. A proof text is uh, how God, uh, where we get in scripture, our beliefs. So here, in chapter uh, 12, verse, it talks about, let me just read part of it. This is in chapter 12, verse 38 and following. Judas rallied his people on the following day, 39, since the task become urgent. Jordan, Judas and his men went to gather up the bodies of the slain and bury them with their kinsmen in their ancestral tombs, verse 40. But under the tunic of each of the dead, they found amulets sacred to the idols of Jemaniah, which the law forbids Jews to wear. So they were wearing uh, idols and they were killed. So what do they do? They just, uh, so it was clear to all that this is why these men had been killed because they were uh, putting idols on them. They all therefore praise the ways of the Lord, the just judge who brings to light the things that are hidden. Verse 42, turning to supplication, they prayed that the sinful deed might be fully blotted out. So we're praying for the dead, that their sins may be blotted out. The noble Judas warned the soldiers to keep themselves free from sin, for they had seen with their own eyes what happened because of the sin of those who had fallen. He then took up a collection among all his soldiers, amounting to 2,000 silver dramas, which which he sent to Jerusalem to provide for an expiatory sacrifice. In doing this, he acted in a very excellent and noble way inasmuch as he had the resurrection of the dead in view. For if he were not expecting the fallen to rise again, it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. But if he did this with the view to the splendid reward that awaits those who had gone to rest in godliness, it is a holy and pious thought. Thus he made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from their sin. There's other uh, passages in the scriptures that also will help with that. And I just encourage you to, uh, as I've talked about before, to go in places like here, the, uh, the authority, these Bible thumpers I've talked about before, and it has in here, I'm thinking it's the one on authority, about works, justification, salvation, sins, absolution, devil, grace, fasting, Mary, holy objects, church, papacy, devil, grace, fasting, original sin, sin, justification, works. Well, maybe it's not in, oh yeah, afterlife. So it'd have to be here in the afterlife, heaven, hell, judgment, purgatory. And so here, in this, they give you a lot more. 2 Maccabees 12, 46, Matthew 5, 25 and 26, Matthew 12, 32, 1 Corinthians 3, 15, 2 Timothy 1, 16, 18, 1 Peter. So in this uh, thing, the Bible thumper, it gives you the scripture passages that deal with purgatory. And so one of the things we got to do is what is our thing during November? So November we pray for the dead like they did here in the Old Testament, asking God to forgive them their sins and to purify them so that their process goes faster. 
it's always a good thing to pray for those who have died. Or like when I was a kid, which I talked about at Mass this morning, my grandmother, every week we went to Mass. Old uh, St. Patrick's downtown Pittsburgh in their chapel, not the old uh, church with the steps in it, but they used to have, a, I don't think it's there anymore, but a chapel in the Strip District. And uh, so every week we went there, and every week would light two big seven-day candles. Now there's six-day candles, and they were like uh, a quarter or whatever in those days, now like five bucks. But anyway, and I used to say to my grandmother, Graham, why do we light these two candles? And she says, one, we do it for all the poor souls in purgatory, and two, we do it for uh, like my parents, would have been her parents, my great-great-grandparents, and all the people in our family who have died. And I said, well, why do we do that? They says, because through our prayers, uh, candles, masses, different things, uh, it gets them out of purgatory faster. And then if they become saints because of our prayers, and they will, of course, then we have saints that pray for us. So there's uh, like uh, washing each other's back, I guess. But it's, we don't do it so they can, in the end, when I tell people, this, oh, good, I can do this for that. we got to watch all our religious practices don't become acts of selfishness. They need to be acts of selflessness. And what I'm telling you in all this stuff is if the whole church only does three paragraphs in the whole catechism, devotion to purgatory should not be our life. It just shouldn't. We should be praying for them every day. I pray for the souls in purgatory every day. But it shouldn't be what we obsess over. What we should be obsessing over, what God obsesses over. And what's that? The salvation of all people. So we need to be doing everything that we do to bring other people to salvation. Because they won't have a chance to go to purgatory if they die. They'll go to hell. And that's why we have to do everything in our power to save people from damnation because if a person goes to hell, our prayers do nothing for them after they're dead. That's why it's so important. Don't wait till people die to start praying for them and having masses for them. Pray for them now to come to conversion. Talk to them now about the love of God and let it be the love of God, huh? Not the judgment of God. The judgment of God will come. We'll all stand before God on judgment. But if they know Jesus now and they're living his will now, they don't have to be afraid of judgment. Again, Jesus said, if you, perfect love casts out fear, huh? Well, he said it to John. And love is not yet perfected in those who are afraid. And What God's calling us to is the greatest commandment, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And love others because that's who God is. And so when we are sitting there and preparing for ourselves for when we stand before God on judgment, the biggest thing we need to be doing is making sure we're doing God's will. And God's will is that he wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So that's got to be our will to help all people get saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. And so we have that ability. So yes, pray for the poor souls in purgatory. Yes, when someone dies in your family, say masses for them, have uh, light candles for them in those places that still have candles. More and more churches do not. 
say your rosaries for them. God will take care of them. Always remember, God loves them more than you do. In fact, he became man and died on the cross to take away their sins. You're not their savior. Jesus is. But we can work with Jesus. We can pray and intercede with Jesus. And we can take what Jesus did on the cross and apply it to those who have died. Huh? So this month is a month of great hope. Great hope. That's why, again, I didn't wear black today. I wore white with black on it because there's sadness. I mean, I miss my mother. I miss my sister, my brother-in-law, my, these parishioners, especially my cook who was with me for so many years. Such great, great people. Of course, we mourn them, but we rejoice that they get to see the face of Jesus forever. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. Okay, so that was purgatory. And there's a lot more. Are you kidding me? I'm just giving you a a short, uh, condensed version for people to watch it. Um, I don't think uh, people spend time watching things anymore too long. So, But again, we got that. So we'll go now and start taking some of the questions here. Uh, it's warmer and eerie than Charlotte. Holy cow, we have all these warm places everywhere else. I mean, uh, cold places, except for here. Warm and very windy in Kansas today. After serve at Mass this weekend, and there's a baptism. Okay. Any chance you'll be taking a pilgrimage to Ireland in the future? Oh, I'd love to get back to Ireland. Uh, the Holy Land is next year, and then the following year, we're going to go to Poland um, to see the Divine Mercy Shrine and all the other shrines and things in Poland. My people at my parish really want to go, so I said, okay, so we're in the process of... Uh, working on that right now for 2024 to do a, sh- uh, a, a thing to Poland, a, a pilgrimage to Poland, which I think will be fantastic. Uh-huh. But not, to, uh, I don't know when Ireland, uh, Julia, it'd be great if uh, maybe one of these times. You haven't changed your clocks for winter. You start at 8 p.m. French time. Good evening. No, we changed them this Sunday. So this Sunday night, we change clocks. Yeah, we change everything. And this might be the last time they're talking about getting rid of that forever, which would be fantastic and not worry about changing clocks anymore. And So we'll see. Joe is doing fantastic. Uh, he's getting so big. Uh, and he doesn't, he very rarely barks. Even if I put him outside, my old dogs used to bark because they wanted in. He just lays there and <laughs> I open the door. It's kind of crazy. Um Sorry, I missed when administering the Holy Eucharist. Are you to say the body of Christ or the body of Christ? You're supposed to say body of Christ. Um, but people do the, but don't get crazy over this. Again, people uh, get crazy over someone says the or body, and there's people dying of uh, starvation, and there's people dying of no salvation, and we're fighting over the little things. But you got you should say what the church tells you to say, of course. Instant purgatory almost sounds like a drive-through. Would you like fries with your order? <laughs> I know that's what Pope, Pope Benedict talked about. Purification. It's amazing how God. We're not. We're talking about things outside of time. So, 
when we talk about instant or it used to be, you know, you got uh, a thousand years off purgatory and all that. And again, it just wasn't thought out theology. That's why Vatican II changed it. There is no time after you die. Time is done. We live in an eternal nowness with God. Huh? Um, so that's why. Okay. What are your thoughts on the flame of love movement? Is it okay devotion? I do not know anything about it. I am sorry. The flame of love movement. Nope, haven't even heard of it. Usually I hear about some things. See if there's an imperator uh, on it somewhere. Uh, sometimes at least gives you the thing that there's nothing contrary to the faith. But again, I don't know anything about it. So I can't even say anything. Hi, Father Larry, do you have a favorite devotion for the souls in purgatory? I don't, I'm just, I just pray for them every day. You know, my old uh, assistant, Father Wright, that was his life, I mean, he still is. That's all, he had all these things and all these prayers, he put all these prayers to the souls in purgatory. Again, prayers that someone else writes are not as effective as your heartfelt prayer to God. They just aren't, except, of course, the Lord's Prayer because that's God's own prayer and he teaches us, as we talked about last week. Uh, and if you didn't watch and you didn't see the, the thing on the Lord's Prayer, my talk on the Lord's Prayer, I'd encourage you to go back and uh, see it. And that'd be the one, that if you know people, to send it to them. We have it outside. It's, um, I forget what it's called, but it's outside of the podcast you know, it's put out living the Lord's Prayer, or how to, I forget, but it's just the half hour talk or whatever, just that, nothing else. So you can just send that on YouTube to people uh, so they can get to know what it means that they pray. You can send it to Catholics, Protestants, anybody. You can send it to people who don't go to church because that's the perfect prayer of Jesus. And in that prayer is where we find God and how to live his will. Hi, Father Larry. We love you and thank you. Thank you, Mark and Lisa from Canada. Good job. Thanks. Good hearing from you. How's the puppy? Good. He's very good. I just gave him the DNA test today and we or last night, so I just sent it off. Took forever to do the DNA test because you have to wait two hours for them to not have no treats or food. And people give my dog treats all day long, so I couldn't do it during the day, so I had to wait till last night. Fed him at five o'clock, and then I gave him the test at eight o'clock, and then uh, sent it out this morning. So we're going to find out if he's one hundred percent pure, um, a one hundred percent pure black lab. I don't see how it's possible. He has these long ears, and they're curly. So, but who knows? We're going to find out in a couple of weeks. So I'll be excited next week. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be up in Bangor, Bangor, Maine. Banger, Maine, at uh, St. Paul the Apostle Church. So if anybody's up there in that area, encourage you to come next week as a mission. I'll be doing my podcast, God willing, next uh, week, next week from up in Bangor, Maine. But it's, uh, yep, St. Paul the Apostle uh, Parish. And the mission is being held at St. John's Catholic Church in Bangor, Maine. And it's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30 every night. Usually my parish mission starts at 7, but at 6.30 to 8.30, which I really do like better myself. So uh, we might be cutting them down to 6.30 date eventually because people, less and less people want to be bothered uh, spending time with God. So 
I don't know what it is. But anyway, I'm going to be there next uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30. Encourage you to come. And if there's any men who are listening down in New Jersey next, um, next, uh, is it the 12th? I am going to be down in um, New Jersey and um, I know that uh, my director put, here we go, puts all this stuff. Conference, the Man Up Conference in South Jersey and Haddonsfield, New New York. I think it's New Jersey. It is in New Jersey. Anyway, the Paul VI High School Conference Center and Haddonsfield, New Jersey. It's about 13 miles from the Philly airport. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, uh, New Jersey area, come on down. And uh, I'm going to be there with Bishop Dennis Sullivan and um, other ones. I'm going to get people ready for confession. And I'm going to be talking. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be talking on yet, but we'll, depending on the crowd, I always sit there and pray the Holy Spirit and look at and see what they need. And we go from there. But it's going to be a talk. And then I fly out like at 1230 in the afternoon to get back to Erie. So just encourage you to sit there and uh, um, do that uh, if you're in the area. Okay. How long after a person dies should we have masses said for them? You can uh, say masses for people um, forever if you want. And if your person you're saying the mass for is already in heaven, God will take that and apply it to somebody else. You're never wasting any prayers for the poor souls. Um. So, is Oktoberfest to go next year? Yes, it is. It's going to be the first full weekend. So, I think that's a 5th, 6th, and 7th. Or, um, yeah. Um, I was very surprised how the people were very excited about doing it next year. I just want to make sure that it's always um, something good. You know, it's not something that's going to cause conflict, but something that brings people to Christ, it makes money and does everything. So it's going to be Oktoberfest will be uh, October 6th, 7th, and 8th of 2023, God willing. Okay, now we have something that came in online, and it's one of my pictures that I do. If Again, I'm guessing all of you do follow me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or um, LinkedIn, whatever one of those things, or Pinterest, whatever. And so every morning I put a scripture out, which is uh, a question for all of us. Instead of telling people what to think, it's just a question. So like today, uh, Paul says, in the first, and it always comes from the readings of the day. So today Paul says in the first reading, I consider everything is lost. Everything is lost except for the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord. And so the question was, I had two questions today. First question was, do I know Jesus? Do I know him as Lord? Do I know Jesus? Not about him. Do I know him? And the second question that went with that, and do I consider everything as loss except for this knowledge? And then peace. So again, in the morning, it's just a question for us to reflect on uh, from the word of God so I can th- see am I living God's will? Is this what God... Am I living what God is talking about? And then at night, it's always with a scripture, but there's always a picture there. So this one, I haven't read what's below it yet, but it says, 
Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Psalm 64, verse 1. So it's always a scripture verse, and I always say something goes with it. God listens to you even when you complain. I'm glad because sometimes I complain a lot. He just wants you to be real with him. Talk to him. Listen to him. Just be with him. Peace. And then it says, I talk to God about quite a lot of things. Hi, Father, thank you for this post. However, there are times that I struggle, especially talking about things that, I might, that might be shameful and things that my heart desires, but not sure if right or wrong, like falling for a man who is married but separated from his wife. When I met him, they were already separated, so I know I'm not the cause of the breakup. How should I talk to God honestly about things? Exactly like you just wrote to me. God... What's your will in this? Is this of you? Isn't of you? And to find out what's of God's will is, will give you peace about it. Huh? So, but you can't uh, date anybody unless they uh, get the annulment because they're still married in God's eyes. You can be friends with them and different things, but you really can't date. I got in problems once when I said you could go on a date with somebody, and oh my gosh, they almost killed me right then and there. Um, but again, you can have friends that. Uh, Married, unmarried, uh, divorced, undivorced, whatever it is. But you can't be dating anybody if they don't have an annulment because they're still officially married to somebody else. But again, that's what you talk to God about. You know, and when sinful things, like if you have sexual temptation, I have sexual temptation every day, and I talk to God about it. Or I invite God into it. God, would you look at this? Jesus, would you take care of this? The devil says, keep Jesus out of it. You say, Jesus, come into it. And then he can tell the devil to go to hell, okay? There is nothing in your heart or in your mind that God does not know. So, be real with him. Tell him how you want to be better. Tell him how, you know, again, St. Augustine in his uh, confessions book, and it was so honest with God, God, make me pure but not yet. Can you imagine? That's a great saint. It's one of the greatest saints of our church's prayer. Make me pure, but not yet. Talk about real. Huh? <laughs> so that's the reality. You be real with God, and he will be real with you. Again, sometimes when we come in God, we pull out our fancy prayers, and we say these prayers that some saint wrote a thousand years ago, and we say it very fast, and Jesus says, that's nice. That was his prayer a thousand years ago. Would you talk to me? Would you listen to me? Would you be real with me? Do we not have a relationship? If we have a relationship, why are you always saying someone else's prayer to me? Be real with God, and he will be real with you, and you will grow in knowledge of him. And again, that's so much the point when people say, Father, I just don't know God. I say, you got to be real. You got to listen. You got to talk. Stop just saying other people's prayers. Say them, of course. I'm not telling you not to say those prayers. But don't just say those prayers. You can spend an hour saying someone else's prayers and never have an encounter with the living God because you didn't shut up and listen to what he wants to say back to you. That is not a relationship. And God wants all of us 
in relationship. That's why he created you. He didn't created you. He didn't create you and then just sat there and said, okay, let's see how you do this. He created you to love you. So we have to love him back, huh? In, in our imperfection. You know, I often just think about a father or a mother with their child and the child's trying to walk to them and they fall. You don't get mad at them. You pick them up. You encourage them. God, even when we fall, picks us up as long as we come coming back to him. Do not be afraid of your God. He will transform you if you surrender your life to him. If you've never, if you've never surrendered your life, you've got to do it. And it can be very simple in your own words. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Come into my heart. Take control of my life. Be my Lord, God, and Savior. You do that. In your words, not my words. Every day, it's an altar call prayer is what I do after communion for those who can't receive communion. I am saying a prayer, but that's my prayer that I made up. It doesn't have to be your prayer. You can say it until you get your own prayer. But again, God wants you to pray to him, not my prayer, your prayer, relationship, huh? The more you come to know God, the less you'll live a life of fear. Okay? Okay. My sister-in-law died. Funeral's tomorrow, but my brother still has unforgiveness towards her. Can we still, can he still forgive her? Oh, yes. In fact, all the more I say, uh, reach into heaven and ask them for forgiveness. Communion of saints, that's the whole thing. Whether in purgatory, whether in heaven, say, I forgive you and I ask you to forgive me. We still, in the body of Christ, we're still one. But he has to forgive. We must. It's just for his own salvation. Harry says, I was tidying up. I found a small statue of St. Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, look around. Something is lost and can't be found. There you go. Later that day, a neighbor told me he was tidying up, and he handed me a rosary. The medal was St. Rita. Is someone trying to tell me something? <laughs> I don't know, Harry. <laughs> Hi, almost didn't make it. Well, I'm glad you made it, Gene. In Bangor, Massachusetts, get lobster rolls. I hate fish, all fish, I know. Hopefully, I already put the whole thing that uh, no fish up there. So hopefully those who are up there are not going to have fish. If you have masses said for someone who ended up in hell, I suspect God used it for whoever he feels he needs it. Yes, that's why I always pray for the ones who are in most of God's mercy, huh? God's mercy, whoever is in most need of it, put them to them. If you have, um, you said earlier that our prayers do not help those who are in hell. That is correct. They don't. They're already gone. I know. You said earlier that someone, yes, they they don't help, but they can help other people. Chris Zurich, hi, Chris. Where can we donate used Bibles and Christian books? I know my kids will just dump them in trash when I die. Again, at the parish, we take uh, Christian books and that and Bibles. We just have so many Bibles now. I wouldn't donate uh, Bibles. I would give them to people and say, uh, here. I mean, to give the word of God to people is like the one of the greatest things we can do. That's why we as a foundation uh, give uh, Bibles to all the high school kids. Whether they read them, that's up to them. But we will buy them. Um, so that's the reality. Hi, Steve. God bless you. It's Stephen. I, I 
messes me up every time. Same, my best friend committed suicide. I worry about his soul. The best thing to do about uh, someone who's committed suicide, I talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, but it's just to say a divine mercy chaplet for them because uh, God's an eternal now and he can use the, um, he can go back and apply the prayer to the person that's dying. Again, with divine mercy, he says he offers people three times after a person dies, he offers them his mercy before he would damn them, which I think, if that's true, again, not official teaching of the church, but if it's true, what a great, great God. What a great, great God that he would offer mercy to somebody three times and then have to reject him. So I had, like, years ago, one of my kids at prep committed suicide, and so I had a card printed, and I had everybody, gave to everybody at the funeral, and I said, I want you to pray this prayer and, again, put his name in. So it's like... Uh, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son in atonement for Jason, John, Mary, uh, sins, and those of the whole world. And then for each one, because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on Jason, Jim, John, whatever, and on the whole world. Because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on Mary, Samantha, Joe, and on the whole world. And so I would just take that and put the person's prayer name in there and give it to everybody and tell them to say this prayer. It gives them comfort because uh, God knows what. God loves the soul more than you do. That's what I always tell people. God loves them more than you do. Would you get out of your judgmental mode? You have no idea, no idea what was going on inside of them. No idea. So let's beg God's mercy on all those who have taken their life. Objectively, it's mortally sinful, of course, but God is a God of great mercy. And we have to, the more you, if you've ever experienced mercy, you know that. Excuse me, and you'll want to give it to other people. Okay? Very good. Well, that's all the questions that we have here today. So we can end up a little early. Um, again, next week I will be coming from Bangor, Maine, uh, God willing. And then uh, I'm not sure what we'll talk about yet. If there, if you have suggestions, you can email them to here. And... Uh, we will uh, talk about them. Again, I just don't want to talk about the uh, things that are just going to make people crazy yet. I want to bring people to Christ. I don't want to cause controversy yet. The days come when I need to cause controversy. But now I just want to teach what the church teaches for the salvation of others. That's all I want is what God wants to all people be saved. Isn't that something we could all get behind? And we do everything in our power that all people be saved. Okay, I'm praying for you every day. I ask you to pray for me. Pray for safe travel next week when I'm doing all the traveling. And uh, we'll see you then. And I love you and I now bless you. May God bless you now and give you his peace and protect you from all harm. In the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Have a blessed week.